0: Hello hello and welcome to the Business Chef Podcast with me, Chef Sean Boucher. Thanks for joining us again. Another week, another show, another way to learn how to make food and make money. That's what we do here. And man, I'm glad you're glad you're here because we have a really fun one today. We are talking to Lou and Rachel. Lou and Rachel work up at Yellowstone National Park. And for anybody who's ever been there, you know that that is not a small operation, especially when it comes to food and beverage. They really know their stuff. They not only do volume, but they do fine dining. They do a lot of different things from coffee carts to the four-star hotels. So, you know, you really got to, you really got to hand it to them. That is a broad range, a very broad range of outlets of people to manage, man, man getting tired just thinking about it so without further ado let's learn a little bit more about what it means to be a chef and a director up at Yellowstone National Park and how you might be able to take advantage of it too
1: grew up um, cooking at home with my family learning everything I know um, from my parents and stuff like that and when I first came out to Yellowstone National Park you know I'm from Illinois and I remember driving to the mountains and being like, oh my gosh, (laughs) like, Every turn is beautiful, everything is crazy, and I had kind of no, not a whole lot of culinary experience, especially not in the capacity that we do here in Yellowstone. And so it was a lot of learning everything on my feet, you know, going. I spent a couple years working in the pantry, which is kind of our version of like building salads and desserts. and then moved on to sous chef and eventually um, became restaurant chef in the park and that's what I've been doing for the last uh, three years I think. So yeah, kind of learning something new every year. This year I'll go on to be the restaurant chef at the Old Faithful Inn which is a huge huge step for me because um, we feed some sometimes upward of a thousand people a meal period so that's uh, pretty crazy.
2: I'm Lou and I'm the director of food and beverage for the park and I've actually been out here for 30 years now and I got my start in the food and beverage industry when I was young. My very first jobs were all in food. I worked through in food service throughout my high school years. I was the product of a uh, a food family, you know. I've been a pretty much a foodie my entire life because my parents um, basically turned all of their kids into into foodies. I uh, I left uh, after high school. I went to college and I swore I was never going to go back into the food and beverage industry. And then I graduated and I had a degree in uh, communications and theater. And the uh, school loans came due, and so I ended up back in food and. I um, have stayed here ever since, and I kind of, Yellowstone was an accidental thing. I was not your typical um, employee. I came out here later after having a career with interstate hotels and in Cambridge, Mass, and just decided I had been too serious in my 20s, and I needed a, a break, and I came out here for a summer and, um, frankly, was appalled uh, <laughs> after coming from a four-star hotel, <clears throat> out to Yellowstone then, which was uh, very different than it is now. And um, it's, it's been a journey, and every year continues to be a journey. And, you know, over the, over the years, I've had the opportunity to, you know, I've had people try to recruit me to go into the, you know, operations general manager, you know, want you to come to the room side of things. And I've never gone because I just am a food and beverage person at heart, and it's what I love.
0: Oh man, it's so funny. It's so funny how we, I think we all know someone or in my case, I, I literally don't think I know anybody who hasn't at one point in their career said, man, I am not going to do this for the rest of my life <laughs> when it comes to food service. Cause boy, it's a, it's a hard way, hard way to make a living. But you know, it's funny cause it gets it, it gets its hooks and you, you just, You get the bug, you're passionate about it, and you just can't get away. And that's what I tell people all the time, you know, when really learning to cook is kind of the price of admission. So if you are passionate and you want to learn how to cook and you can learn how to cook, man, you can go far. You can do a lot of things in this business. Speaking of which, let's talk about Yellowstone. Let's talk about kind of some of the specifics. Um, you know, how many how many people are you feeding? How many outlets do you have? How many people are working in the kitchen? Kind of things like that.
2: Well, we're the largest department in um, Yellowstone is the food and beverage department. Um, we have about a thousand employees overall that work throughout the park. Um, if you look, you could break it down to almost 52 different outlets if you counted every espresso cart, every bar, every employee dining room. Um, but basically, we have 30 guest-facing um, forward operations that we um, that we so that I support. Rachel works out in the field. I'm kind of up in Mammoth in the administrative role. Um, overseeing the menu planning and the purchasing Um, but we we average about two million um, meals a year which doesn't necessarily sound a lot to some people but the fact is most of that happens when within about a three month span of time Um, also one of the challenges that we have is our operations are spread throughout the park so if I leave um, the north end of the park to try and go visit Rachel when she used to work down at Grant it could almost take me two and a half hours to get down there, and if I got caught in a buffalo jam, it could take me even longer. So we average about 32 million dollars on the top line in sales. Um, like I said, a thousand employees, 30 guest-facing um, operations, and then there's a whole lot behind um, in the back of the house or you know employee supportive. Um, operations that we don't really talk about either. So we, we do, we have got a lot going on. We also um, have uh, warehouses and employee pubs and employee dining rooms. So there's a lot going on. It's a, it's a big operation spread over 2.2 million acres. So it's a different challenge than working in an independent restaurant in a city.
0: Wow. I mean, wow that's that's big that's a lot uh wow, <laughs> so I guess my question then it, at this point is I mean holy smokes, but then the the question is how do you manage that? I mean, good night that is a lot, and that's pretty impressive, but the really yeah, let's, let's kind of drill into this. How do you manage that? How do you, how do you, what are your, some of your management philosophies or how in the world do you manage all of that?
2: Well, we try (coughs) to um, empower the managers out in the field. So we do the, um, we meaning the kind of the support department, we basically set up the programs. Uh, We work with HR, To get the staffing that we need to hire, we work on the, you know, myself and the executive chef, we actually create the menus together. Um, we give them all the, you know, all the pieces that they need to be successful in their operation. But when it comes down to the day-to-day operation, we rely on people like Chef Rachel here. Um, we create the programs, but they're out there facing, you know, <laughs> face get in the guest-facing operation every day, trying to um, trying to make it happen. So it's it's me and an army of people that make it happen. But when it boils down to it, it's the people that are actually out in these nine separate hotels, you know, seven a la carte operations, three fast foods, you know, three um, fast casual operations, two fast foods. They're, They're the staff that we hire are the ones that are out there making it happen. And as Rachel explained with her, we rely a lot on bringing in people who oftentimes have very little culinary experience. And we raise them. It's kind of like the grassroots organization of food and beverage. And we often are looking for people not just culinarians, but people that are willing to learn, that want to learn, and that share our excitement for food and for guest service. I mean, ultimately, in the end, even though, yes, we're very fortunate to live and work in such a beautiful place, we still are here to take care of the guests that come. And we want to make sure that the experience that they have is memorable. But again, it's the the people like Chef Rachel that are out there, you
1: know, every day making it happen yeah I think um for me it's like you kind of never know what you're gonna get because each season and different parts of the season are so different because you might get an employee who's worked in the food and beverage industry for 30 years and have been in management levels and are really knowledgeable or you might get someone who's never had a day a job day in their life and you have to kind of completely build them up and show them that kind of stuff and um there's people we work with people from all over the world, so you might be working with a person, um, a person from you know another country or you know another part of the part of the world from you, um, and you're kind of figuring out different things, language barriers, and how to teach someone who has a completely different view than you, um, and just like staying on your toes and being open minded. I think.
0: Okay. So I definitely think that we've established that this is a big operation and there are a lot of challenges. There's a lot of moving pieces and there's a lot of, a lot of unique challenges. You know, the distance between outlets, the working with people from all over the world, um, you know, which, which is actually becoming more typical in, in kitchens nowadays, but really what it comes down to is is people. And I think the way that you approach that in, uh, you know, relying on people and training people, developing people and helping them see the success in their careers, that's really what lends to the overall success of, of your operation. But, you know, as much as we focus on the challenges, let's talk about the opportunities because, man, I can imagine there are some immense opportunities living in such a beautiful place in such a unique setting.
1: I think it's it's really the perfect opportunity for anyone who's trying to step out of their normal lifestyle and try something new, have a new experience. One of the biggest draws for me is the, the seasonal work, the short seasons. Um, you can really use that to, I use it to travel the world and the whole time I'm kind of working, I'm like, I know that I'm working really hard and I know that I'm pushing myself, but I'm saving my money for you know this next trip this next big vacation and I'm looking at the map and I'm like where do I want to go next and you know I'm meeting these people from the countries that I want to go to some that I didn't even know I wanted to go to until I you know met these people and worked with them and they taught me about these places and um uh, just saving up and you know, making those goals happen and I think that's one of the biggest draws for me, absolutely.
2: Yeah, the networking opportunities for um for the seasonal staff is amazing. Unfortunately I'm year round and I'm always envious now of all the seasonal workers because they get to, to live through us. I get to, I get, <laughs> yeah, I have to live
0: vicariously like, <laughs> through the
2: rest of them as they get to tra- travel to Peru and Chile and do all kinds of fun things. Um, But it's, but there's also this incredible sense of community that develops out in locations. And, you know, there's very distinct regions in the park. There's the north end of the park. There's Mammoth. There's Roosevelt, which is kind of cowboy country. And then there's um, the Grand Canyon, you know, there's Canyon, which is on the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone and the Old Faithful area. And these people really develop these friendships that lasts with them for their lives, like Absolutely. Rachel said, and and we have a large percentage of international students that come and have maintained friendships um, with the people that they've made here forever. Uh, we're also, you know, we were talking about commuting. It's like, we don't drive through traffic, but we often drive through, you know, bison jams, you know, mm-hmm. buffalo jams, and, and and it's amazing. So, you get to broaden your horizon the hiking is incredible i'm frankly a, i'm a personally, i'm a fly fisher woman and this is just it's lovely so we we worked hard the industry challenges are are very similar with you know the remoteness does add a complexity to it but the good news is is when we walk away we have an incredible backyard to play in and an incredible community that we can um, socialize with. So it, it is different than doing, like I said, when I worked in Cambridge, I worked, I got on the subway, I went home, you know, it kind of turned it into more of a grind and not that the work here isn't hard, but then you walk out and you have this, incredibly beautiful backyard with so many different opportunities and you can go into the outlying areas and you can go rafting and you can yeah like hike some of the most amazing rock climbing um you know skiing country camping yeah Yeah, we're just getting out of our ski season right now and i mean so so that so that's like the personal side there's so much to it and then on the you know career side, the career growth, like we said, one of the things that I'm actually really proud of is people like Rachel, that I started to say earlier, that we tend to grow from within.
0: Well, and how amazing an opportunity is that to really be mentored and nurtured in an environment that not only pushes you because obviously, especially for those three months out of the year, you are getting hammered. I mean, you are, you are pushed to some very, very difficult limits, I'm sure. But at the same time, look at, man, you step back and you look at the advantages, you look at the, the rewards of such a, such a thing is not only are you able to push yourself and able to, to really kind of go beyond the boundaries that maybe you thought you could, but you're, you have this personal uh, ability to step out into nature and then to, you know, really appreciate what you're doing. And then you have time to step away and to travel and to, you know, go to these places that you hear about with the people that you're working side by side with. In some cases, I mean, man, that is just such a, such an incredible thing. So amazing in, in my perspective, you know, Unfortunately, I was hoping to continue this conversation on here, but, uh, to be honest with you, some of the audio got lost on our interview. So we've had to end it here, but I'll tell you, if you are interested in getting up to Yellowstone and working and being able to really become a part of what we talked about today, there's a lot of opportunities. There are man positions of all kind for every level and i would highly recommend that you look at something like this if you're looking at doing something different in your career if you're looking at maybe wanting to, uh, just a change of pace this is the ultimate change of pace <laughs> and it just so happens that their season is just around the corner so if you're interested in finding out more about this go to the website check everything out apply for jobs get a hold of lou get a hold of um you know whoever you can out there to to really really see if this is right for you it might not be right for everybody but i'll tell you this is the kind of job or this is the kind of situation or the kind of scenario that will really make a career for people You could stay there forever, you might stay there for just a season, but at the end of the day, I don't think you would ever look back on an experience like this and regret it. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for sticking around.